Welcome to another episode of the Spark Hub podcast. This podcast is going to focus on the category of empathy. And to open the episode, uh, I have a quote. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. That's a quote by Mother Teresa. And um, this interview uh, takes place with Mallory Blackman, who is a, an author, a poet. Um, you can look her up. She's quite prolific. But in the context of what you're about to hear, I had partnered with an outfit called, a charity rather, called Empathy Labs. And as the title suggests, they are focusing uh, on developing empathy in children. Now, interestingly, in some countries, namely Denmark, empathy is actually a core curriculum subject in school. And you can understand why. I, I think given current events and the way the world seems to be going, empathy is actually could be viewed as a superpower. If you can learn to empathize with other people, I think there is no debate that you can see both sides of things. You can develop very critical thinking skills that in adulthood can pay huge dividends um, in any situation, in any job, in any career you want to get into. Having critical thinking and empathy is, is phenomenal. And so Mallory Blackman uh, talks us through um, how she uh, works on empathy, how she works with the Empathy Labs, and just a couple of quick notes. There is a video form of this um, that you can watch on our YouTube channel. This is the audio version. And I do apologize for the interviewer uh, from the Empathy Labs who's off camera. Uh, the sound is a bit faint, so you may have to turn your volume up when she's asking questions, but um, uh, Mallory uh, certainly has the right uh, voice level. Um, as ever, in the show notes below, I will put links to things that are relevant um, and otherwise, enjoy this interview with Mallory Blackman. I was wondering if you would mind telling me, um, what do you think um, is the thing that is very important to children about empathy? Why do you think it's a useful skill? Well, I think the important thing about empathy is it's that I, the, the... Let's start again. Um, I think the important thing about empathy is it is this desire and also the ability to walk in someone else's shoes, to see through someone else's eyes, which is so important because it means that we are then able to communicate better with the others, we're connected to others, um, and in these days, this, these, the times we're living in, that, that's even more important than ever, that's so important. So that, that for me is the, the, the crux of it, it's about connecting and communicating with other people and that's what reading does for you. I was wondering, what, what do you think it is specifically about reading that helps children um, understand empathy and improves their empathy skills? Well, I think the specific thing about reading which helps children with their empathy skills is that you can take it, if you're reading for pleasure and you're by yourself, you can take it at your own pace. Um, you can, if you don't understand something, you can either look it up in the moment or you can look it up later. It's about what you take on board, how it re relates to you. And that is so important because I think it's about having your own place and space to do that reading. And that works, but also sharing it, sharing it with a parent or a sibling or even if you're doing it reading in a classroom setting and you're doing it with your friends or you're reading with a teacher, it's also important because it helps you to, again, as I said, to, to connect and, and share with other children and other people. And it also gives you an understanding of other people, and that's so important. Presumably when you're writing, you're not, you've not got like a big empathy sign in front of your head. Mm. You're, you're just writing the story. But I was wondering, what, what is it? How do you write so that the reader is drawn into the story 
and is in the situation that the character is in. Can you explain maybe how you do that? Well, the way I try and make sure that the reader is drawn into one of my stories is to really know my characters before I start writing and try and make sure they're as three-dimensional as possible. They seem like real people when you're reading. So they're not perfect. They have their flaws, like all of us. Uh, they have things that you're going to like about them. They're going to have things that you're not going to like about them. But it means that they seem more like real peop people, hopefully. So what I do before I even start writing is I'll do a mini-biography for all my major characters, and I will write down what kind of music they're into, what kind of food they like, what kind of food they don't like, um, what do their friends think is the best thing about them and the worst thing about them and so on. So it's not just about what they look like, but it's also about who they are. And I try and really get to know them before I even start writing. And that way, when I'm writing and suddenly my plot goes off in a different direction, I have to trust that my characters know what they're doing um, and, and just kind of follow them and go with them. So I'm just, I feel like sometimes... They're, I've got all these characters in my head and I'm just desperately trying to record what they're doing. So that, and that's when I know a story's working, when the characters feel like real people to me. Oh, that's really interesting. So would you say that you have developed characters before you've almost got the bones of the plot? Now, that's an interesting question, actually, about what comes first, the plot or the characters. And for me, first, and I tend to get my story, the sort of plot, quite easily. I know what I want us to talk about. But the thing that takes the work and the thing that takes the majority of my time before I start writing is working out my characters. So um, I would say plot first, but characters take the most work. So now your Norton Cross is not exercising perspective taking as you see the world through the two main protagonists' eyes. Um, and although it was published, oh gosh, almost 20 yeah, years almost ago now, 20 mm. years ago, uh, it seems almost more relevant now than ever. Um, is that concerning to you? It actually is, it's, again, an interesting question about whether Noughts and Crosses is more or less relevant than when it first came out 18 years ago. And unfortunately, it seems to me it's more relevant. Um, I would love to, I mean, there's a TV series coming out soon. The play has just finished touring around the country. Um, and I would love people to kind of read it and say, oh, this is an interesting historical book. Um, this sort of thing doesn't happen anymore, but goodness knows we're not there yet. Um, and unfortunately, in terms of hate crimes and so forth, they seem to be going up, not down. So it seems to me that the book is kind of more relevant, which is, in a way, is, it's lovely for the book, but it kind of makes me sad that we're in that state. But do you think it would be, it would be a really useful book for lots of people to read now? Well, I, I, I would hope that the people who read it will kind of get some insight into what it's like to be discriminated against. Um, and what I find interesting, in fact, is I've had a number of letters from around the world. For example, I've had letters from Northern Ireland where people writing to me have said, you're talking about Protestants and Catholics, aren't you? Or I've had letters from Israel saying, is this book about the Israeli-Palestinian situation? And so I think that's been really wonderful because in the book, my characters are called noughts and crosses or the derogatory names they have are uh, daggers and blankers. So then I, I, and I did that deliberately, so hoping that then it could apply to, people could read it and apply it to their own situation, whether it's about bigotry, religious bigotry, uh, race bigotry, or, or sexual orientation bigotry, whatever, but you can kind of apply it to your own, your own circumstances. 
Okay, and on a sort of side note, how excited are you on a scale of one to ten that's stormy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think it's absolutely amazing that Stormzy is in the Noughts and Crosses TV series. Um, he's in um, episode six, um, but it's, and he's got a sort of little role, but it's, it, it's, um, it's just one of those, wow, this is so wonderful, bizarre but wonderful things. And it's just, I just thank him very much for kind of agreeing to do it. It was so wonderful of him. So what, did, what did, that was really good what you said, something about um, how, how could cloud busting be used in a situation in the classroom where maybe bullying was taking place? Well, I think um, books like Cloud Busting could be used because then to, where you're studying the characters and you're talking about the behaviour of the characters and so that, that you're not attaching any blame or shame to the people reading it, to the children reading it, but what they're doing is relating it back to perhaps their own behaviours um, and then they can analyse it but within the safety of talking about the characters within the book. So now, Doctor Who, big fan. Yes. And, um, so the Rosa Parks story I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, did you, did you deliberately, obviously deliberately picked that, but were you picking it because you felt it would be a brilliant way of disseminating Rosa Parks stories to a much wider audience who maybe, like Craig's children, didn't realise this character ever mm. actually existed? Well, um, I sort of co-wrote the episode of Doctor Who with Chris Chibnall, and in fact the idea was Chris's, and um, he sort of said to us, um, Oh, I've you know I I I really want to do a Doctor Who episode about Rosa Parks, and there was this collective ooh, and then there was a collective oh, how we, you know, how do we do that? And I just feel so lucky actually that I got to sit down um, and be a part of that and be you know and, and and write it and and I did an awful lot of research into Rosa and her life and making sure that when we were talking about the Rosa part of the story, it was all true the bus at the end that was verbatim um, and it was very important to Chris all of us that um, Rosa didn't lose any of her agency so it wasn't about the doctor coming in and inspiring her or whatever and so we so we made it so that Rosa um, absolutely was true to the who the real Rosa Parks was. Um, so your own stories aside um, have you got a favourite Oh wow, gosh. <laughs> um, I mean, God, there's so many fantastic books that promote empathy. Um, any book that makes you feel, any book that where you are absolutely with the characters and they make you laugh or they make you cry, that is an empathy book. So asking me to pick a favourite is impossible. Um, but I mean, there's things like... <sighs> Good night, Mr. Tom, for example, which I was I read and absolutely riveted and was was kind of weeping at the end and, and I just you know, books like that that just really touched me, I just think are so amazing. So I think any book that makes you feel for the characters and also and then help and you just want to discuss it with someone like Wonder, for example. I read Wonder and that my daughter read it and we talked about it like half the day we were talking about the story and the characters. So I can't recommend just one, but there are so many brilliant books out there. So you know go to your local library or your bookshop or whatever and enjoy. Yeah. Okay. Well that would be it. I mean in in these divided times, goodness me, Empathy Lab is needed more than ever and I think the work they're doing is outstanding. The research shows that it has such a dramatic impact on children, their well-being, their, the, how they relate to others. Um, and so we need their work more than ever and it needs to be rolled out to as many schools as possible. So yay for Empathy Labs. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. 
Any links or references that we've made during this episode can be found in the show notes below this episode, whatever platform you're on. Or you can head over to the hub itself on thesparkhub.com. All one word, thesparkhub.com. Thank you.